أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله اشترى يقاتلون في سبيل الله يقاتلون في سبيل الله فيقتلون ويقتلون وعدا عليه حقا في وَمَنْ أَوْفَى بِعَهْدِهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ فَاسْتَبْشِرُوا بِبَيْعِكُمْ وَمَنْ أَوْفَى بِعَهْدِهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ فَاسْتَبْشِرُوا بِبَيْعِكُمُ الَّذِي بَايَعْتُمْ بِهِ فَاسْتَبْشِرُوا بِبَيْعِكُمُ الَّذِي بَايَعْتُمْ بِهِ وَذَلِكَ هُوَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمُ التَّائِبُونَ الآمرون بالمعروف 
ஹம்துல்லாஹிஃபாஸ்லாம் من قرأ القرآن فاستظهره وأحل حلاله وحرم حرامه أدخله الله الجن وشفعه في عشرة من أهله كلهم قد وجبت عليهم النار وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أشراف أمتي حملة القرآن وأصحاب الليل أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most honorable and respected Hufaz-e-Kiram, Malama-e-Kiram, brothers and elders. This gathering, this sitting together is just a little reminder for myself, for all of us. A reminder is very beneficial for the mu'min. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam The Quran Sharif, in fact, Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala says, وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَا تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Remind, for verily a reminder is very beneficial for the believers. So this is a reminder, and we need this reminder continuously. I need it over and over again, and all of us need it, to keep reminding ourselves, especially those who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with this very, very great ni'mat and bounty of the Quran Sharif. to keep reminding ourselves of what a great bounty this is and to keep reminding ourselves of what is the appreciation of this bounty sometimes when a thing is in abundance then it is it gets taken for granted but when it becomes scarce then people begin to appreciate it many places in the country were suffering drought some are still suffering drought very severe drought people who never had the could never imagine that some day perhaps they might have to queue up in a line to take a bucket of water now when suddenly they had to do it then the appreciation of that water came <coughs> 
Otherwise, it doesn't mean anything much. Open the tap, use as you wish. Perhaps at the most it might just become a little bit of a concern when the person sees the bull maybe at the end of the month. But if that bull is not much of a concern to him, then that too doesn't make any difference. So likewise, like the other bounties and ni'mas of Allah Ta'ala get taken for granted when it's in abundance. Similarly, because with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, out of His grace, His mercy, there is an abundance of huffaz. And there are so many huffaz, alhamdulillah, this is the special rahmat and grace of Allah Ta'ala in many places, that there isn't place in any masjid proper or musalla proper to accommodate everybody for Taraweeh Salah. So whoever gets a place there will get a place there. Many have to make some other arrangements, perhaps perform in some classrooms, in some places, one one little madrasa, maybe sometimes there's eight, ten Taraweeh taking place, alhamdulillah. But sometimes the other side of this is that we start taking it for granted. One is others take it for granted sometimes. But the greater tragedy is sometimes the person who has been blessed with this ni'mat and bounty, he takes it for granted. To become a Hafiz of the Qur'an Sharif, to start off with, is no individual's achievement. This is no kamal, this is nobody's achievement, this is nobody's ability, it is nobody's effort, it is nobody's anything. It is purely the grace of Allah Ta'ala. It is purely the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala. This insan, with all this filth and dirt in him, and one is physically whatever filth and dirt is in him, then people like us, our hearts, our minds, what fraction of purity can we even claim? Our eyes, our ears, our tongue, so filled with all kinds of filth. But Allah Ta'ala still sometimes overlooks all that. Allah Ta'ala still gives an opportunity to somebody to learn the Qur'an Sharif, to memorize it, to become a Hafiz of the Qur'an Sharif. This is purely the grace of Allah Ta'ala. Our Hazrat Wala, Hazrat Muhammad Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullah just to give one very beautiful example, you see this insan, what he does, and what is the kamal of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala shows his kudrat. That for example, a plant, a person is planting something, a beautiful rose plant. So what he does, in order to make it really bloom, so he puts some fertilizer. So what is a fertilizer? The fertilizer is actually all najasate ghaliza. The fertilizer is the most severe impurity. It is sometimes dung and sometimes the droppings of some other animal and all kinds of impurity. And sometimes when you pass some field, it's difficult to pass there because the whole place is filled with fertilizer that stench is so strong that a person wants to run away from there. Now this is what insan puts. Insan put this najasat ghaliza in it. He put this which is so terrible in terms of its stench that people have a difficulty walking past. Now this is what he fed that plant. But Allah Ta'ala shows his qudrat. You put this 
smelling and stinking fertilizer, Allah Ta'ala says, I'll bring out fragrance from that plant. That a person will smell the fragrance of that rose, of that flower, and he'll feel refreshed. Whereas what he fed, what insan fed, that is what perhaps should be coming out. So it is not the kamal of that insan who put it, it's not the kamal of that plant, because that plant absorbed, it absorbed all the stinking najasat ghala. But this is a qudrat of Allah Ta'ala. That out of this Allah Ta'ala brought that sweet smelling rose. That that fragrance, it freshens the mind, freshens the heart. This is our position. We are that combination of all these impurities and the jasad physically in our hearts and minds. But Allah Ta'ala says that let's give him an opportunity to allow the fragrance of the Quran Sharif to emanate through him. This is Allah Ta'ala's greatness. This is his qudrat. This is his kindness. This is his compassion. This is probably his mercy. It is not anybody's doing in any way. But that little bit effort apparently that a person makes to learn the Quran Sharif, get to wake up a little bit early in the morning maybe, get to come to Madrasa maybe in the evening, the parents made some effort. Give is only Allah Ta'ala. That fragrance that emanated from the rose, nobody's kamal, nobody could have any in, anything to do with it. It's purely Allah Ta'ala's qudrat. But when that fragrance comes out, people praise the gardener. People praise those who tended to that plant. People want to reward him. They buy that rose at a quite a big price. So, this person really did nothing. But that apparent little effort, that apparent little sacrifice that he made, Allah Ta'ala is so appreciative of this. That Allah Ta'ala makes him, attributes it to him, that you did it. Allah Ta'ala says, Ashrafu um, Nabi Islam says, Ashrafu Ummati, Hamalatul Quran, Ashabul Layl. That this person made this little effort to wake up a little bit earlier in the morning, to spend that few extra hours to learn, to recite the Quran Sharif, to come to Madrasa maybe on a holiday, and various other little sacrifices that he had to make. Allah Ta'ala says, These are my family members. Nabi Islam says, The noble people of my Ummah. They are the bearers of the Quran Sharif. They are those who stand up in the night and recite this Quran Sharif in the court of Allah wa Ta'ala. So this is the appreciation Allah Ta'ala shows for this apparent little effort. Whereas the giver is Allah Ta'ala alone. So Allah Ta'ala has given such a position to the Hafiz of the Quran Sharif that it is beyond our imagination. Beyond our imagination. The ahadith that we hear very often, especially on occasions of the hymns of the Qur'an Sharif, etc. When the khatam of the Qur'an Sharif is being made, these are the ahadiths that are repeatedly discussed. That where the one hadith, Rasulullah says, that the person who learns the Qur'an Sharif and mem- by heart it, memorizes it, man al-Qur'an fastazharahu. Then Rasulullah says, The crux of this is 
he acts according to the Quran Sharif thereafter. He learned the Quran Sharif and he lives the Quran Sharif. He learns the Quran Sharif and then he, the Quran Sharif is visible in his life. The Quran Sharif is not only on the shelf, it's visible in his life. The reward this person will get is that Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala will make Jahannam haram upon him. And Allah Ta'ala will grant, make Jahannam haram upon him and Allah Ta'ala will grant him the permission to intercede on behalf of 10 people from his family who were destined for Jahannam. He'll intercede on their behalf and take them to Jannat. This is something which we'll only understand the reality of this on the day of Qiyamah. When people will be drowning in their perspiration, a person will be looking for one reward to get out of azab and to go to Jannat because he's one reward short. And there somebody is making sifarish and interceding and taking somebody to Jannat. The reality of this will only be understood on that day. We can't understand it here. And likewise that reward that Rasulullah mentions for the parents of the Hafiz that man qara al-Qur'an wa amila bimafi. The person who learns the Quran Sharif memorizes it and he practices upon it. Adkhalahullahu al-Jannah. مَنْ قَرَأَ الْقُرْآنُ وَعَمِلَ بِمَا فِي Allah Ta'ala will make his parents, grant his parents a crown on the day of Qiyamah which will be brighter than the sun. This will be the honor for the parents. They were the parents, but they are the parents of a Hafiz. Can you imagine the reward of the Hafiz? The reward of the Hafiz in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, he'll be told, you continue reciting the ayat in the manner that you were reciting in the dunya in a very proper manner, in that melodious way, fulfilling all the requirements of recitation, and keep ascending the stages of akhirat. Iqra wartaqi waratil kama kunta turatilufid dunya. And every ayat you recite will keep ascending. Your eventual status and position will be where you finish off reciting. All this is only, the reality is only possible to understand on that day. But here in dunya also sometimes we see somebody getting some red carpet treatment. We were at some airport, maybe we saw this person going through the VIP lounge. We still waiting in the queue here. We see somebody going in a blue light brigade. We have to just give way. And sometimes the traffic is at a standstill, but this has been taken across. We say, mashallah, this person must be somebody. Allah Ta'ala is saying, on the day of Qiyamah, the Hafiz will be somebody. And he will be ushered through. But that Hafiz, who lived as a Hafiz, it takes two years, three years, four years, maybe five years also, maybe a little bit more sometimes, to become a Hafiz. Some become, mashallah, even much quicker time, somebody one year, sometimes even lesser than that too. So whatever time it takes, one, two years, five years, so it takes this amount of time generally to become a Hafiz, two, three years, four years. But it takes a lifetime to remain a Hafiz. To become a Hafiz is a very minimal duration, comparatively very minimal. If a person lived for 70, 80 years and it took three years, he didn't even spend 5% of his lifetime. 
but it takes a lifetime to remain a Hafiz. To remain a Hafiz, one is in terms of his Quran Sharif still being in his heart. That he doesn't forget it. And in order to keep it fresh in his heart, he has to be reciting it. Ana al-layl wa ana al-nahar. The day and night is spent in recitation of the Quran Sharif. Good amount of time in the day, the night. It was the general practice of many of the Sahaba Ikram. Some used to recite one Quran Sharif daily. But the general practice of the Sahaba Ikram was one khatam every week. One manzil daily. So Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala an, Ubay bin Ka'b radiallahu ta'ala an, many other Sahaba. One khatam every week. And many of our Kabir also, this was their practice. One khatam every week. Some three paras a day, three paras a night, whatever they were reciting. But excessive recitation of the Quran Sharif was always a part and parcel of the lives of the Hufaz of the Quran Sharif and the Ahlullah. This was a very integral part of their lives. And to what extent they adhered to this? Just one incident from the lives of our Kabir. The Sahaba Ikram, their lives are filled with these incidents and all the tabi'een, tabi tabi'een, but people closer in time, and to what extent they were so steadfast and firm on it. One of our great pious personalities of the not too distant past, Khalil Ahmad Sahanam Puri Rahmatullah We have all heard of the Sheikh Zakaria Rahmatullah the author of Fazail Amal. So this was his Sheikh and his Ustad, Sheikh Saham Puri Rahmatullah Very great muhaddis, very great alim, author of Bazlul Majhud, a commentary of Abu Dawood Sharif in six huge volumes and the new print is in more than ten volumes. Muhaddis of a very high caliber. His daughter became very ill. And over time she was very ill. As a time when one night she also felt that this is the night she's not going to survive. She's going to now move on. And they could also see the signs that perhaps this is the last night of her life in dunya. So she asked, her father is such a great personality, such a great muhaddis, such a great sheikh of the time, such a great Allahwala. So she requested him that look, my request is that tonight you just sit at my bedside. Now, to just get some inspiration, such a great personality, his piety, that if the last moment comes, maybe this inspiration might be a means of her reciting the kalima easily, whatever her thoughts might have been, Allah knows. So he accepted and he sat down. And now as the time passed, now after Isha he came whatever time and he sat down. As the time passed, the time for his tahajjud came. And in tahajjud he used to recite three paras of the Quran Sharif every night. And now on the one side he wants to respect this last wishes of his daughter. And at the same time he is like a fish out of water now that the time for his recitation of Quran Sharif has come. And his tahajjud has come. It's like a hungry person. The food is there, you tell him don't eat. Person very thirsty. The water is in front of him. You tell him don't drink. And there's no reason why he shouldn't be drinking. He just tell him don't drink. Likewise, those who made the Quran Sharif a parcel of their lives, 
It was impossible to hold them back from the Quran Jareem. Allah forbid, sometimes we say that it is almost like impossible to get to the Quran Jareem. To recite one para in the day becomes like an impossibility. These people, it was impossible to not recite the Quran Jareem. On the one side, he is, wants to respect these wishes of his daughter. But this now becomes like an impossibility for him. So he says to his wife, the mother now, that you just remain seated right here. And then he quickly, close by, starts his tahajjud. And he starts reciting his Quran Sharif. But then he every now and then makes the rakats a little shorter, two, two rakats. And then he stops to check again, how's everything, everything's fine. And he carried on doing this until finally the three rakparas were completed, his tahajjud was completed. And he came and sat down again. As he sat down, for a short while, he remained sitting there and she breathed her last. But in that condition also, it was like impossible for him not to recite the Quran Sharif and not to complete that amount that he would normally recite. The smallest excuse becomes enough for us to skip that day's mamulat, to skip that day's tilawat, to skip that day's forget mamulat and tilawat. Even salah with jama'ah, Allah forbid salah with jama'ah, sometimes the salah will become qaza also. And we'll, everything will be a reason enough. Whereas it is not even any excuse that can be made an excuse. But this was those who really had this reality of Quran Sharif. And they recited Quran Sharif. And come the month of Ramadan, then this would reach a peak. And the memories of the aslaf, and the pious predecessors will come alive. As Shaykh al-Hadith, Zakariya sahab, rahmatullahi once, it was the month of Ramadan, and he wrote to all those who were associated with him, that I want everybody to exert themselves in the recitation of Quran Sharif. And after the month of Ramadan, almost right back, that how many khatams they made. So somebody wrote back, I did so much, somebody wrote so much, somebody wrote, I made 30 khatams, every day one khatam. Somebody 40 khatams. Hazrat Mawla Inam al-Hassan sahab the Amir of Tabligh of his time, he wrote back, Alhamdulillah, with the fazl of Allah Ta'ala, this month of Ramadan, I made 61 khatams. One khatam during the day, one khatam during the night, and that other one more khatam was in Taraweeh. 61 khatams. This might sound like, for us, an impossibility, but to the extent that a person keeps reciting, Allah Ta'ala makes it so much more easier and it flows so much more easily. And what somebody else might take double the time to recite, he might take half the time to recite. Not long ago, there was some program, from England had come a few years back and in order to just encourage the recitation of Quran Sharif, there was a program held where people were all asked to come and make one khatam on the Quran Sharif, all sitting making the individual tilawat. So somebody took 8 hours, somebody 10 hours, somebody 12, somebody maybe more too. But he completed his khatam in that sitting in about 4 and a half to 5 hours. 4 and a half because this is his almost daily practice from years. So he might have started off on a longer duration of time, but then it starts flowing even more easily. And it takes shorter time. One person was saying he started doing some walking every morning. He says, I'm walking five kilometers. I used to walk previously five kilometers. I'm still walking five kilometers. 
He says, before it used to take me one and a half hours, now it is taking me one hour. He's still doing the same distance, but that strength has built up. So he's covering the same distance in shorter time. This is something apart from physical strength. This is spiritual, Allah's gift. So in any case, this is the way that the Akabir, the Ahlullah, the pious predecessors, how they attached themselves to the Quran Sharif, what kind of due importance they gave. So this is one part of it, that to become a Hafiz, it takes two years, three years, four years, five years. But to remain a Hafiz of the Quran Sharif takes a lifetime. And one part of that staying a Hafiz of the Quran Sharif is this constant recitation of the Quran Sharif. So that it stays in our heart. If it is just going to be a Ramzan to Ramzan thing, then a person now will be rebooking his four akats. And then some, first he'll pre-book, see which one is the easier one. Then he'll pre-book that for life. That same four akats. Says this is, please nobody else must ask for this four akats. As long as I'm living, he's mine. So every year that same four akats. And the other 16 akats, if he's, somebody else is reciting, that person is flying solo. There's no co-pilot behind him. Because he gets stuck, that person can't help him. So obviously this is not fulfilling what is the requirement of keeping the Quran Sharif alive, keeping it fresh in our hearts. This requires that there should be a daily tartib and daily amount of tilawat that we make, reciting to somebody all the better, otherwise at least on our own, that daily and all the better is that a Hafiz of the Quran Sharif, he makes some amount of tilawat in Salah, in Nafil. Ideal at the time of the Hajjud. Otherwise, in his Sunnah Salahs, Awabin, or at least the Sunnats of Maghrib, the Sunnats of Zohar, whichever Sunnat Salah also, that he keeps his Quran Sharif fresh in this manner, by reciting in Salah. So this is one part of keeping the Quran Sharif alive, and this is something we should make a program of this, on a daily basis. Whether we've now moved on, we know more now in a formal hips class, we have now gone on to maybe... Uh, we're busy still studying something or we might be working, we might be in our own occupation but the Quran Sharif, that must continue we must have some kind of partner maybe who we recite to he's reciting to us, we're listening to him he's listening to us, that will keep the momentum after Fajr Salah, after Isha Salah whatever time is conducive even if each one is just reciting half para to each other daily, the rest of the tilawat you make on your own, but that will keep the momentum, and that is something extremely important to keep the momentum of the door of that complete recitation of the Quran Sharif. Every month at least we're making one khatam, that's a minimum for a hafiz. And even more, all the better. The other part of being a hafiz, one is becoming the hafiz, remaining a hafiz. Remaining a hafiz is to remain what the Sharif that we discussed earlier what requirement it has for a person to be a Hafiz in the first place. Meaning that Hafiz who will gain that great bounty and reward on the day of Qiyamah. Because it means that person will be counted as a Hafiz. On the day of Qiyamah, man qara al-Qur'an wa amila bimafi. Now the parents will be called, your son is a Hafiz. Otherwise if that qara al-Qur'an was there, that he learned the Qur'an Sharif, but wa amila bimafi, the practice was missing, then the parents also don't get anything. Which means on the day of Qiyamah, Allah forbid, it's not counted as a Hafiz. Man qara al-Qur'an fastazharahu 
He learned the Quran Sharif. He memorized it. Then وَأَحَلَّ حَلَالَهُ وَحَرَّمَ حَرَامَ He then lived the Quran Sharif. What Allah Ta'ala made permissible, fine. What Allah Ta'ala forbade, he totally refrained from it. Now comes that reward that he will be given, so to say, ten passports. People are going to Jahannam, you call them to Jannat. But when? When this has been fulfilled, he lived the Quran Sharif. Otherwise, he doesn't get this. In other words, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us on the day of Qiyamah. He is not counted as a Hafiz. <coughs> so now in order to be counted as a Hafiz in the, on the day of Qiyamah, you've got to live as a Hafiz in dunya. You've got to live by that وَأَمِلَ bima fi. You've got to live on that وَأَحَلَّ حَلَالَهُ وَحَرَّمَ حَرَامًا You have to live Quran Sharif. As earlier, Mawlana was explaining to us that Aisha Siddiqah was asked about the akhlaq of Rasulullah Her response you want to know the akhlaq? Recite the Quran Sharif. Everything the Quran Sharif speaks about in terms of akhlaq, it was in his Mubarak life. It wasn't anything else. What was in the Quran Sharif? Everything was found in his life. So if you, in the Quran Sharif speaks about compassion and kindness, it was in his life. If the Quran speaks about respect, his life was full of respect. If the Quran Sharif speaks about forgiveness, his life was filled with forgiveness. If the Quran Sharif speaks about being beneficial to others, maybe Islam sacrifices everything for others. If the Quran Sharif speaks about humility, then he was the most humble person. If the Quran Sharif speaks about generosity, maybe Islam was more generous, mean a rihil mursala, the example the Hadith Sharif gives, that a fast blowing wind, the Sahaba described. Meaning that wind doesn't spare anyone. It touches everybody. That generosity of Rasulullah spared nobody. Everyone benefited from it. Whatever in the Quran Sharif has been described about any good quality, it was completely, fully, 100% in the life of Rasulullah. Now that is what a Hafiz of the Quran Sharif would be also. That he will live the life of the Quran Sharif. The Quran Sharif speaks about وَأَقِيمُ salah, Establish Salah then you'll find in his life establishing salah. That when it is time for salah, you'll find him first for salah. And when salah is over, you might find him coming out last also. The Quran says, He will be fulfilling and discharging zakat properly. The Quran Sharif says that, Talking about akhlaq, talking about how does a person respect his parents. The Quran Sharif says, don't even say oof to them. Don't rebuke them. Talk to them in kind terms. The Hafiz, this is how he live. Because he's living the Quran Sharif. The Quran Sharif says, Say to the believing men to lower their gazes from every haram, not to look at any haram, and to protect their chastity. The Hafiz will be living that. The Quran Sharif says, Say to my servants, Allah Ta'ala says, Say to my slaves, my slaves, Allah Ta'ala is saying, mine. Say to my slaves, they must say that which is speak, that which is correct and good, best. So this Hafiz will only speak that which is the best kind of speech. All kinds of flowery language, all kinds of vulgar talk, and all kinds of obscenities, and all kinds of evil talk. 
this will be something you will never hear from him. Because his heart, his heart is filled with kalamullah. His heart is filled with the kalam of Allah wa ta'ala. And the heart is the pot. The tongue is the spoon. What is in the heart? That will come out of the spoon of the tongue. A person has beautiful, wonderful, some dish that has been prepared, some meal that is prepared. So now without looking, he puts that spoon inside that pot and takes out what will come. That is what will come. Whatever has been prepared, that aroma itself, it would already start making a person's mouth water. Because that's what's in the pot. So whatever the spoon went in, that's what came out. Allah forbid if that food got rotten inside. And now it's stinking. person didn't know, he just picked it up. Merely picking it up, that spoon already just hardly came out already. And that stench has filled the place. What is inside? The spoon brings out. So likewise, what is inside the heart? Kalamullah is in the heart. Then all the type of good that the Kalamullah teaches. That is a type of good that will come out of the tongue. But if that has got lost out of the heart, then all kinds of obscenities, vulgarities, all kinds of evil talk, all these things will come out of the tongue. So the Hafiz of the Quran Sharif, one is, it took that three years, four years, five years to become a Hafiz. But it takes a lifetime to remain a Hafiz. One is keeping the Quran Sharif alive, in terms of keeping it fresh in the heart, by constant recitation. The other is by living the Quran Sharif. The respect for the Hafiz of the Quran Sharif, this is something that every person should be doing. Every person should respect, this person has the Kalamullah in his heart. Every person should respect him. But we should also place our hands on our hearts and ask ourselves our question, this question. Allah's gift and bounty, while on the one hand, as we said, is not our achievement, but it's not something we can or we should even dismiss. No, it's there. We should appreciate it. So we'll acknowledge it. Allah bless me with this gift. It's not my achievement. Allah's gift. But at the same time, the question now, that everybody should be respecting the Hafiz. Do I respect myself? Not because I am somebody. But respect the Quran Sharif within me. Not who I am. What my name is. Where I come from. Nothing. Not that. But respecting that. What Allah Ta'ala has placed. Out of His grace in my heart. Because this is Allah Ta'ala's selection. Inna nahnu nazzalna dhikr. Wa inna lahu lahafidun. Allah says, we have revealed this Quran Sharif, we are its protectors, we are its guardians. And Allah made the Hufaz of the Quran Sharif the means of the protection of the Quran Sharif. Allah used like a person now, he wants to look after his wealth, so he builds up a very fortified safe. So now that safe is also so valuable. And then to guard that safe also, there's so much arrangements made. So likewise, Allah Ta'ala used the safe of this heart, of this Hafiz of the Qur'an Sharif, to protect the Qur'an Sharif. He needs to respect it. There was one great king in India, the Alamgir Rahmatullah one very uh, well-known kitab of fatawa, which the ulama ikram are very, very familiar with, and it's something indispensable for any mufti, fatawa alamgiri. This is attributed to him because he was the person who instructed that this be put together he gathered a whole group of very, very senior and well-versed ulama ikram and very well, highly placed fuqah of the time to compile. In any case, he was a very pious person. And he had great love 
and great appreciation for the pious personalities. So anyway, he would hear, despite being the king, he would hear that somebody is a very pious person, he would go to visit him. Now in any case, in that time, there was one person who was, he sometimes, all these senior people also, great people, there would be somebody who is very informal with them. Generally people would be a little bit, very much at attention in their presence, but there will be somebody very informal also. One fellow, his whole story was that he had no other job to do. So what he'll do is now, not that this is something good to do, but this is how this fellow used to carry on. He'll disguise himself, he'll disguise himself, and then he'll come to somebody and talk to them, and that person will get fooled, so to say. He won't recognize that who it is. And eventually now he'll then expose himself that I'm so-and-so, you see, I fooled you now, now you must give me something. He fooled him, that makes him a bigger fool, you must give me something now, reward. So he used to come to Alamgir, also, he was informal with him, he used to come to him as well, in disguise, hoping to fool him. Because when he finally fools him, now he'll ask for reward, now he's getting a reward from a king, it'll be a king-sized reward. But Alamgir, was very, very sharp. Every time this fellow came in a disguise, before he even started saying anything, he said, you are so-and-so. And he would catch him out immediately. So several times this happened. One day he said, I must fool him. I must plan myself in such a way that I fool him. So he worked out a plan. What he did was he went away on the outskirts of the city in one jungle. made one small little hut. And he disguised himself now as a very pious person. Allah Allah. And he started just engaging himself in ibadat. And now slowly, gradually, people started passing by, seeing what's going on here. He didn't notice this before. Came there, seemed like some very some person passing by. He's now uh, camped out here, and this person seems to have nothing to do with the world. His whole life is only ibadat. So, in any case, this slowly people started coming to know. Now there's one very big buzruk somewhere. So this news started spreading. People would come now, they would make some mulaqat and ask for dua. Gradually this news came up to Alamgir as well. So he was very attached to the ulama, ulama, to the Ahlullah. He would come to know there's some pious person somewhere, he'd go to meet him. So one day he was going on some journey. It happened to pass by that, in that direction. So he said, look, we must stop and meet this person. I've heard about him. We must go and meet him. So in any case he came. So he came, came into that little hut, sat down. Uh, he's the king of the time of India. But he sat down very, very humbly. Uh, this person is in complete disguise. And now such a long time, he's out of sight also. So that probably added to the situation. And he had learned some high-flying things, all on a pretense, to talk some high-flying things in terms of the sawwoof and so on. So he started talking on that. This person thought, mashallah, this person is really on another level. So in any case, after all this finished off, now time came to leave. When the time came to leave, so he offered him some gift, the bag of coins, gold coins. When he offered him that gift of gold coins, this person now, his whole effort was to now get some reward. Now when this gift is coming, he hits it out of his hand. He said, what do you think? I'm also a dog of the world. Think you're going to give me this? Think you're doing this all for this material things? Alamgir was even more impressed now. This person seems genuinely sincere. And he doesn't want to do anything with the world. 
any case, now this person rejected that gift. So he took it along, took his, told his people, pick it up, let's carry on. They came out, and now when he reached his conveyance, about to start leaving, now this person runs out and pulls out the disguise and everything. He says, now I fooled you, now is my reward. So now this, any case, they saw this is a reality, yes. Say, well, fine, there's your reward, you gave him something. He said, but, but hold on, one, one, one question. Since this reward is a small fraction of what I already offered you earlier. That was a whole bag of gold coins. This was now obviously a reward for fooling me in your disguise now. So this king-size reward is going to be so much. But that was something else. That was already in your hands. That was already in your hands, but you rejected it. Now you came for this little bit. Now this person... Obviously, if this was the kind of life that he was running, fooling people, and he wasn't somebody very conscious of deen. Might have been obviously performing his salah, etc. But at the same time, a kind of free person in a sense. But look at his mind, look at his thinking. He said, at that time when you offered it to me, I was in the guise of the pious people. I was in the appearance of the Ahlullah. If I took it then, I would have disgraced all the pious people. So it was something I would have taken, but I was in their guise. I was in their appearance. I was being attributed to them. So therefore, it didn't behove me at that time. Now I took my disguise off. Now I'm me. Now the mashaykh often quotes this incident. And they say, look, this person, whatever he was, but he respected that guise that he had adopted. He respected that attribution, that he was now attributed to the pious people. <coughs> so now to take that lesson from here, that as the Hafiz of the Quran Sharif, we are attributed to the Quran. This is Hafizul Quran. Our attribution is to the Kalam of Allah wa Taala. We have to respect that attribution. Allah Ta'ala has given us this great title, one of the Asma'ul Husna, the 99 beautiful names of Allah Ta'ala, one of those Asma'ul Husna is Al-Hafiz. This is the attribute of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has lent that attribute in a, in a certain sense. Obviously, the Al-Hafiz in reality is Allah alone. But in a certain sense, Allah Ta'ala has lent that attribute to the person who memorized the Qur'an Sharif. So this attribution, he's getting linked to Allah Ta'ala. So he should respect this attribution. Because when something will happen which is not in line, what people will say, the Hafiz did this. What does the Hafiz mean? The person with the Qur'an Sharif did it. The Qur'an Sharif is not at fault. But now we will become the means of the Qur'an Sharif getting dragged into something wrong that was done by us. Like a person did something, but they dragged his father and came along. The father's poor man didn't have any idea what happened here. He tried his best to keep things online. Now the father got dragged along. So now it's like a kind of disgrace for the father also. But the father had nothing to do with it. The father did his best to keep everything on track. The Qur'an Sharif, Qur'an Sharif is 100% totally above any problem. But the Qur'an Sharif gets dragged along into something. Why? Because we did something wrong. 
So this is the aspect that we have to respect this kalam of Allah wa ta'ala, respect this attribution. And our gaze has to be very high. Our gaze has to be very high towards what? Towards this kalam of Allah ta'ala. Just on this one further incident comes to mind, which is a very inspiring incident actually. Time is already elapsed almost, but we'll just discuss this in a few more points, inshallah, and then move on, and inshallah, finish off the talk. There was one person who had to go on one journey in those days, centuries ago. And that time there was no place to keep one's valuables, there was no such thing as banks or anything. <coughs> a person had to go on a long journey, it would be risky, because the houses also were mud houses and so on, anybody can break in, they'll loot that house. So the way was to now go and leave it with some trustworthy person. This was a common story. People would go and bury it sometimes somewhere. Sometimes they bury it so well, they too would forget where they buried it. Now the person, one person came, it was Imam Wahifa Rahmatullah and he said, I forgot where I buried this. Imam Sahib said to him that you go and read namaz. So he went to read namaz and suddenly he remembered. So, any case, he said, but how is the link? He said, I knew shaitan will come and then disturb your salah with this. So in any case, that's a separate issue, but the point is, so this person wanted to go on his journey, he came to somebody who he thought was very, very upright, very pious, very uh, trustworthy. He came and told him, look, I'm going on a very long journey, all these valuables of mine. He put in something and gave it to him. He said, by all means, you can carry on, don't worry, I'll look after it. This person went away, after some good time, he came back. When he returned, he asked him that, my amanat, came to him, where's my amanat? So he says, amanat, what amanat are you talking about? He says, my amanat, that valuables I came and left with you, that box, this kind of, whatever it might have been, describing it. He says, what are you talking about? He says, certain time I came by you, he says, what are you talking about? Everything, he doesn't know anything. And whatever way this person is trying to remind him, trying to jog his memory, he is just completely denying everything. Now when this carried on for a while, he turned the whole thing around now. He's saying, it seems like you're accusing me of stealing something now. So I'm going to now take you to task. Now he became the aggressor now. This person, number one, he lost his valuables, and now on top of that, he's being made the thief, or the, or the accuser now. So this person got afraid just now, he'll put me in trouble. He quietly went away. But now he's thinking what to do. So he then decided, let me at least go and inform the Qazi. The judge, the Qazi, let me inform him, look, this is what happened now. Whether what happens after that, I don't know. I have no evidence. No witnesses, no evidence. But let me tell him this is what happened. So he came to the Qazi. Qazi was a very, very intelligent person. Iyaz bin Muawiyah, rahimahullah. He came to him and told him this is what happened. The Qazi thought about it and he said to him, look, you just keep quiet now, don't say anything. When I tell you about it, when I give you some indication, then you must go and ask him again. But till then, you keep quiet. You don't talk one word. He sent him away. In any case, after a while, he somehow sent for that person. And sat down with him, talking. Now that person was called by the Qazi. He came running. And in a general conversation, and then he talks about it in a very general way. And says, well, you see, we're looking at appointing some new Qazis. Just talking in a general way. We're looking at appointing some new Qazis as well. Because he's the chief justice now. This is his responsibility. Then he says, your name came up also. He said, your name came up. And then he turned the topic and finished off. In any case, the conversation was over. 
I mean, this person left from there, his mind was spinning already. His mind was spinning that maybe my name came up, so it's imminent now, anytime. So when he went away home, this Razi called the person whose amanat got lost now, he told him, now you go and ask him. That person came back. As soon as he came and he asked him, you know my amanat, he said, Are, where you were gone, I was looking for you. From the time you went, when you left that night, I think, then I remembered. Yes, now the whole, he spent half an hour there trying to remind him, one hour trying to remind him, he didn't remember. And he's saying now that the time you left, the moment you left, I remembered. But I don't know where you stay, I don't know nothing, so I couldn't even come look for you, I couldn't find you. So in any case, he gave it to him. This person was very happy, he got his things back, he came away. But this was very baffling. One hour the person couldn't remember, in one minute he remembered. So he came back to the Qazi to inform him, number one, Alhamdulillah, Jazakallah, whatever, I don't know what dumb you made on him, whatever happened. But I got my valuables back, but tell me how this happened. How this person suddenly remembered. So the Qazi merely just said it in one line. All he said was that his gaze went on bigger things. In other words, this person now, his mind was spinning. That maybe I will get appointed as the Qazi. If I get appointed as the Qazi, then that prestige and that position and that benefits that will come with it. Now you got worried, this mustn't become a hurdle. Maybe this person go and complain about me. They'll say, no, no, this person, something is shady about him. So don't give him the task. Don't make him Qazi. So before this becomes a hurdle, let me get this out because he's looking at bigger things. When he was looking at bigger things, the small amount now meant nothing. But this is the point and the lesson for us. Which ulama ikram deduce that a hafiz of the Quran Sharif, his gaze should be on this very big thing. The Quran Sharif. And the rewards Allah Ta'ala has in store for him. So when he is looking at such a great thing, his gaze mustn't be towards dunya. He gets caught up in the little bit of entertainment of dunya and gets so fascinated. No, no, his gaze is on the Quran Sharif. He is seeing people having fun and he wants to get caught up with that. No, no, but he's got his gaze on the Quran Sharif. If his gaze is truly on the Quran Sharif, all these things of dunya and all these won't attract him. He'll use whatever he's within his means, whatever he has, he'll be happy with it, he'll be content with it. He won't make the dunya his purpose of life. He won't make this his be-all and end-all. He won't get caught up in all the glitter and gamma of dunya. His gaze will be on the akhirat, on the rewards of akhirat, on the Qur'an Sharif, what Allah Ta'ala has placed for him in the Qur'an Sharif. So in any case, this is the status and position Allah Ta'ala has given to the Hafiz of the Qur'an Sharif. And this is how he has to live being that Hafiz. Then very quickly, just to round off a little bit on the aspect of Tarawih Salah, now that the month of Ramadan would come, and the Hafiz now would be called forward. And this is also part of his honor. That in that first saf of Muqtadis, there might be some professionals, there might be some professors, there might be some whoever, there might be the wealthiest person in town, there might be anybody and everybody. But the person who will be called on the Musalla is the person who's got the Quran Sharif in his heart. He might not have any social standing in terms of other people. He might not have the wealth others have. He might not have the worldly titles others have but he has the Qur'an Sharif. That will make it manifest that who has the real honor. But now that honor comes with responsibility as well. Among that various things is 
that in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi said, Al-Imamu Daminun. The Imam is responsible. The Imam is responsible for what? He is responsible for the Salah of the Muqtadis. The kind of Salah the Imam will perform, the quality of Salah he will perform, that is the quality that will be now accepted on behalf of the Muqtadis. But if he made it deficient, then everybody is deficient, but he'll have to bear the loss. They'll get full reward. So now it's a major responsibility. So this major responsibility, on the one side it's a major responsibility, at the same time he does it right, he gets the reward of everybody's salatu. It's a, such a major reward also. So for this, there's a lot of care required. The care required is right from the time of the taharat. The ghusl is done right. The wudu is done correctly. Not just in terms of that it is valid, but together with being valid, being done in the sense that all the faraiz are being fulfilled, but in the sunnah manner, to become acquainted with the masail and the sunnat and mustahabbat of ghusl, of wudu, because all this enhances the salah. Then to become well acquainted with the masail of salah. There is still some time, week or two, a few days actually left now. In this few days, we become acquainted with the masail of salah, refresh it, maybe we learnt it previously, we are only making, performing salah once in a year, tarawi salah, we refresh it, refresh the masail of salah, sometimes where sajda sahu is necessary, at least the basic masail, and in that, among the things is, the correct, the sunnah postures of salah, to perform the postures of salah in the correct manner. Salah is salah, whether it is a first salah, whether it is a sunnah salah, whether it is a nafil salah, whether it is tarawi salah. It's salah. It's an ibadat. It's a very great ibadat. And every ibadat we go to present to Allah Ta'ala. So this too has to be done correctly. Sometimes tarawi becomes like a kind of competition who can break the record first. Then after salah, after the tarawi is over, people stand outside and sometimes the whole will discuss, I took nine minutes, you took eleven minutes. The other person said, no, it was ten and a half. You, you are exaggerating now, it was 11. But now, in that, whether it was 9 or 11, in that discussion we spent 22 minutes sometimes. But to try and make it between 9 and 11, that was now, the recitation sometimes went on breakneck speed, the tajweed got compromised, sometimes the ruku and sajda gets compromised, after the ruku, the stand posture called qawma, which is wajib, to stand in that posture for the duration of one tasbih. The sitting posture between the two sajdas, it's wajib to remain for the duration of one tasbih. All that gets compromised, that salah becomes very, very haphazard. Why? Because whether it's going to be 11 minutes or 9 minutes. But then we'll stand outside and talk 22 minutes about it. But that's not the way salah is to be performed. Yes, we don't make it difficult for the musallis. In a fluent pace, without compromising tajweed. Quran, whenever Quran is recited, whether in front of the biggest gathering, whether in a tarawi salah, whether a person reciting on his own in a corner somewhere nobody else can hear him, Quran will only be recited with tajweed. Quran Kareem is the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. And the kalam of Allah Ta'ala will be recited the way Allah Ta'ala is pleased with it. And that is with tajweed. So to recite the Quran Sharif with tartil properly, meaning in the correct manner with tajweed, in a fluent pace, but without comp- compromising tajweed. Ruku, Sajda, Qawma, Jalsa, all being done well. The, the Shahud, the recitation of Durood. Sometimes 
the person, the muqtadi, can't even make it for his tashahud. Durood is out of the question. So it shouldn't be done in that manner. The tasbihat of ruku and sajda, minimum three times, but three times properly. And maybe just keep it to three times. Minimum three times, but at least three times properly. Not even making it lengthy. That in Tarawi Salana, a person making five, seven, eleven, and making it difficult for the muqtadis, no. That we do it in our individual salah. But those three times mustn't be at breakneck speed. It's glorifying Allah Ta'ala. Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. Subhana Rabbi Al-Ala. Three times properly. This is salah. We are in front of Allah Ta'ala. <coughs> so this is some aspects in terms of the performance of the Tarawi Salah. And together with that, sometimes you might have an opportunity to perform Tarawi Salah maybe in some outskirt area, some rural area, some place where people don't even have the opportunity of listening to some nasihat of deen. It's an opportunity now. It's a month of Ramadan. They've come. We make some talim maybe or give some nasihat. Those who are in a position to be able to do so. And try to make people's minds up to continue living their lives after Ramadan in the way that they are having the care for Ramadan. So this is a time, it's an opportunity for us to connect ourselves to the Qur'an Sharif, to bring the Qur'an Sharif alive in our lives, to make an effort bringing the Qur'an Sharif alive in the lives of others also, and to make this entire month such a month that it becomes a time of revolution in our life. At least this month, Mubarak month, with the Hafiz of the Qur'an Sharif, with the not Hafiz of the Qur'an Sharif, let us resolve. Especially the Hufaz, let us resolve. All the social media and chatting and all these kinds of things completely switch off. If somebody gets the himmat to delete those accounts, all the better too. Complete switch off of all this. And we spend our time in Tilawat, in the Quran Sharif, in Tasbihad, in the month of Ramadan, what we have been asked to do excessively. Istighfar, recitation of La ilaha illallah, begging Allah Ta'ala for Jannat, asking for safety from Jahannam, Tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif is obviously the highlight of the month of Ramadan. Other amal, engage in some learning, teaching deen, etc. Just engage ourselves in such a way that this Mubarak month becomes a time of revolution for us. And that what we stop for Ramadan, stops forever thereafter. So inshallah, this one month we will just commit ourselves, dedicate ourselves, use this time properly. With the barakat of this one month, inshallah, our whole life will come onto deen. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala accept all of us. Allah ta'ala grant us all his muhabbat. Allah Ta'ala grant us the azmat of the Qur'an Sharif. Allah Ta'ala make us the true bearers of the Qur'an Sharif. Make us live the Qur'an Sharif. Make us die living the Qur'an Sharif. Allah Ta'ala raise us on the day of Qiyamah as Hufaz of the Qur'an Sharif. And may Allah Ta'ala grant us all those great rewards and blessings on the day of Qiyamah as well. Allah Ta'ala grant each one the tawfiq of becoming truly committed to deen in every way and enable us to use this Mubarak month of Ramadan in the best way. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا ظلمنا أنفسنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك 
اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم